It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. For the Bill Four Tough Studio, Boomer Assizing, Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Geo on the fans, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Monday morning. The New York Giants are moving on to the divisional round to take on the Philadelphia Eagles after beating the Minnesota Vikings yesterday in Minneapolis. This is another horrible reference point in my sports fandom. A game, a moment, a day that will haunt me forever. This is what I was trying to say leading up to the game. Then I lost it and said I'm going with my team. But this is what happens with the Minnesota Vikings when they've got loser in their DNA. That's what they have, is loser in their DNA. The Giants do not. The Giants find a way to win these big games. The Vikings find a way to lose these big games. And everything I said about Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, this team, this year, last year, the previous year, is now falling on my head. About a hundred tons of just giant crap falling right in front of me this morning. And I deserve every bit of it. I deserve every bit of it this morning. And I can't tell you how pissed off I was yesterday at the end of this game. So here it is, Giants fans. You got it. You deserved it. Your team won. You beat my gutless team. And here I am to get just absolutely filleted, roasted. I'm a rotisserie chicken today is what I am. And I'm here for you all the way until 10 o'clock. And when it hits 10 o'clock, I'm going to be happier than ever that this show is over. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? A hell of a lot better than you are, I can tell you that. And uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry for you. I feel bad for you. I did not want to text you last night. You know I didn't. I texted you a little bit early. Yeah. But I didn't want to get into it in the second half because I knew that uh, things were getting a little rough uh, around the edges for you. And I have to say that you spoke this game into existence almost to a T. I mean, literally everything that you had spoken about for four days Three hours and 50 minutes. Yeah. You spoke into existence. Mm -hmm. You said that there were going to be second and shorts. You said that Daniel Jones was going to be running, making first downs. Yeah. You said that Saquon Barkley was going to be catching the ball out of the backfield. And you said that your defense stinks. Mm -hmm. And you want to know something? It all came true, man. Everything that you said last week. From Monday morning when we got here and it was obviously decided that six was going to three and it was the Giants at the Vikings that you spoke from Monday morning until literally 9.50 on Friday about everything that happened in this game. Yeah, I mean, I truly believe, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I truly believe 
that somehow the world of the Minnesota Vikings revolves around me. I've gotten to that point now. I, 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 there's, there's a bunch of people. There's like Ziggy Wilf, the owner, and Mark Wilf, his son, and all the players, and all the coaches, and all the fans out there. But somehow I am the center of the universe. Well, and right here had, you are. And this had to happen. It had to. It had to. It had to be the team that I have trashed. For years to go in there and beat the crap out of my team. It was, well, it was close for a while, but still, I mean, they really soundly beat them. They earned the win. It was without a doubt, without a question, with the two guys that I've been killing more than any two players in town. It had to be my team. It had to be them. It had to be Daniel Jones' best game. He was historic yesterday <laughs> with the pass yards and the rushing yards. Historic. I mean, think about it. I mean, and I just, when I'm sitting there watching the defensive coordinator, and don't take this wrong, Giants, because I give you all the credit. I'm not just, I'm not just blame. I'm not saying that it was the Vikings who lost. The Giants won the game. But the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, this dusty-ass balloon head, Ed Donatel, hasn't made a single goddamn adjustment the entire season. Every goddamn week, it's the same crap. But there's guys running wide open in the middle of the field. I haven't seen guys that wide open since the freaking the, the greatest show on turf in 1999. And they don't do anything about it. And the game should have been over before that when Darius Slayton ended up dropping the ball because he would have gone for a first down at that point if he didn't drop it. And the game would have been over at that point. The Vikings should have never even gotten the ball back. How in the world, with your season on the line, do you have a guy that wide open in the middle of the field? Send some people. Switch to man coverage. Blitz. Do something. Letting Daniel Jones run around the whole freaking time. It's just unbelievable. I'm getting rid of this thing now. Okay. God damn it. Let it's it out. Just... Let it out. Just let it out. I. It's not right. going to work. Now, I can answer your question uh, about yesterday as the game is going on. I'm assuming, you know, are you watching this game by yourself? No, and that was a big problem. Why was, why was that problem. a big problem? Well, because I'm a t anybody who is a crazy sports fan, and by the way, I just, I, I, can't, I don't know if I could do this. I, I don't know if I could do this anymore. I don't know if I can do this anymore, being this emotional about something that I have no control over. I mean, I feel, I mean, it's I have part of the fun. It's, but it's not anymore. When you root for the teams I root for, it's not fun anymore. Just not. It's not. I've wasted too much time. I've I've just I, there's there's been too much negative moments because of these teams, and there's nothing. I, I mean, I just I mean, I tweeted out last night: hundred and one win baseball team, horrible ending to the season. Thirteen win football team, the worst possible scenario I could dream up. It's the worst one. I couldn't. I mean, I, I yeah, couldn't. But you didn't have to dream. You spoke it into existence. So anyway, yeah. So of course, you know, there's people who want to be with me to watch the game. They want to be into it. Which is, I guess, nice. But I keep telling them, you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to be around? All right, so who are the people that come to watch this game with you? All right, so obviously there's, you know, Gina and my two daughters are there. And the two daughters have no idea what's going on. You know, why is daddy having a conniption fit? It's basically what they're, what they're saying. So then mother-in-law wants to come over. It's a Sunday. She's over. Then my best friend I've been friends with since I was five years old. <clears throat> coming over today to watch the game. I bet on the Vikings. I'm with you. I'm coming over to watch the game. All right. You sure? You sure you want to do this? <laughs> and then my mother, who I made a Vikings fan, who I've sat with at Mets games throughout my life through the toughest losses of all time, 
She goes, I want to watch the game with you. Oh, boy. So I'm like, are you sure? You sure you want this? Yeah, I do. I want to watch a game of this. So she goes against my old Dante Culpepper replica jersey. She puts it on. She comes over. And it just makes it worse when things go south. So there was, I was trying to keep it together for the longest time. I was. Now, our uh, buddy, no, 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 uh, no frozen lasagna or anything? No frozen lasagna. So okay, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to keep it together as, as best I can. So Lee Einseidler, our good friend from Casamigos, he sends me... A text, and he goes, and you'll see where I'm going with watching a game with people. All right. So he sends me a text. He goes, you got enough Casamigos in the house? <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah, I've got enough Casamigos to kill myself when the Vikings lose. <laughs> so he goes, good. Good. Because okay, tacos are on the way. Tacos. I said, okay, great. $250 worth of tacos show up. At the door. Unbelievable how generous this guy is. Right? right, right. So now everybody that's coming over gets to enjoy these tacos. Right. So third quarter. It's another distraction. Thir- it is. Third quarter. <laughs> my friend's digging in the bag of chips. He's got a you know, paper bag from a Mexican place, the chips, right? And he's eating the chips. My mother is next to me eating one of these tacos. She goes, wow, this taco is good. <laughs> And I said, good, I'm glad you're enjoying it. She goes, where is this from? And I said, I forget the name of the place. Oh, I'd really like to know where this is from. Uh, it's on the bag that Eric's eating. It's, it's on the bag, right? So, like, now I'm just, like, I'm getting a little more annoyed, like 10%. Because you're trying to watch a game, right, right, you're talking court. about chips and tacos and everything so else. So, my yeah. friend turns around the bag, he goes, goes, Right Coast Taqueria. And my mom goes, I got to remember that. Bright Coast Taqueria. And he goes, no, 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 no. White Coast Taco, or no, Right Coast Taqueria. And she goes, oh, all right, I'll, cha- I'll write that down. White Coast Taqueria. So as this goes on, the blood pressure goes up, up, and up, and I go, just show her the effing bag. Turn around the bag and let her read it off the bag. Ooh, tacos. For God's sakes. And then Saquon Barkley... Gets the ball. There isn't a Viking <laughs> to be seen around this guy. I was thinking maybe they put the magnets in the helmets that that guy said. Because there's people repelling away from him. Like he's a leper. So as he's running down the sideline, right, goes into the end zone for a touchdown, this is when my mother-in-law feels the need to turn to me and go, Wow, the Giants really got good this year. <laughs> Not the time, Louise! Not the time! <laughs> your mother in law your best friend all in the mix. Sitting there watching me melt down. Oh, my goodness. Watching me melt down. And then, you know, one of your buddies, Uh-oh. who I really like, actually starts a text message during the middle of the game while the Vikings defense is getting filleted, and he sends me a text message and goes, Hey, G, don't want to bother you, but <laughs> what? I'm still sending you a text message. <laughs> Thought you didn't want to bother me. <laughs> oh, man, that's why I, I, that's why I wasn't sending you any text messages. I was trying to leave you alone. <laughs> I mean, I just and I know I, I, I felt like after this game was over and I saw how this game was unfolding and I'm telling you. You were so spot on. 
it wasn't even funny about how this game was going to be played out. Right. So, like, this is the, if if you want the, the true feel of how everything went down, right? So, I, when three weeks ago when I thought this was a possibility, at that moment I felt like they were going to lose the game. And everything I was saying to you, I believe. But as the week went on, I got so angry because the Viking fan in me was just getting so annoyed that everybody was picking the Giants, right? Just yeah. so annoyed. So I was like, I can't, I can't just end this week without supporting my team. I can't. So then, of course, I end up picking them. I go nuts on Friday. But yet everything I said leading up to that is came true. And it's just... It's just what my destiny was supposed to be. It, it, it really was. And I and I just and I, I there's probably nothing I can say to the Giants fan today that's going to satisfy them. I will try. But I've got the ultimate respect for your head coach. I've got the ultimate respect for Daniel Jones. That's now. true. That's true. I got the ultimate respect for Saquon Barkley. Your team is better than my team. You beat us in our building in a playoff game. And honestly, I wish all those years ago. I really do mean this, and I'm not trying to placate you. I'm not trying to, 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 to butter you up today because I'm going to hear it and I deserve it. But I wish all those years ago I had made a different decision and that I was a Giants fan because my life would be so much better. Wow. I'd have 2007. I'd have 2011. I'd have these moments. My outlook on life would be different if I had decided to root for that team. And I didn't. And I picked not a team that just down every year and sucks and goes three and 14 or wins four games or is always at the top of the draft. I picked the team that wins and gets you excited and then kicks you right in the nuts at the <laughs> worst time. And you said it, your team, they've got some of the most exciting wins in their history, if you think about this, this, and this. But they've got more of the worst losses and heartbreaking losses than any other team. By I'm the sorry, way, they by, do. By the way, it was a one-score game. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, there were, there which were 11, is another thing I said, there which were, I said, they, will, they were 11-0 one-score games, yes. and this will be, the, it'll be very much Vikings for them to lose the one-score game in the playoffs to the Giants. Now, by the way, so just to put the Giants thing in perspective and how surprising it was to, to see them score as many points as they did, you know the last time, or, or I should say this, in the last 46 games, how many times have the Giants scored more than 30 points? In the last 46 I games. mean, I would probably say twice, three times. Twice, and it has happened two of the last three weeks. Yeah, right. Yep. So that and is man. how good, but by the way, but by the way, you know, in all honesty, and we have, we have talked about this for I don't know how long now, and it's probably been since week one, I would say week one in Tennessee, Brian Dayball has unlocked Daniel Jones. He has unlocked him into being a dual-threat quarterback that I have not seen him throw the ball that well. I mean, the last, the last four or five games, he's, he's thrown the ball really well. But yesterday, he was, he was money. I mean, he was accurate, and his running was on display, as you, as you pointed out very well last week, that this is exactly what you expected to see. And Daniel Jones is going to get a big payday. Yes, absolutely, and he's earned it, and uh, that's something that I remember, I didn't believe it, I was sort of laughing when we were talking about it internally, but something we said to him at training camp, that 
you know, if this year goes the way you want it to be, that you'll be taking a helicopter to this interview next year. And we were talking about all the money that could be made. And I was thinking, there's no way in hell that's going to happen. And it did. It absolutely did. I, I don't think that there's been a player that I have been so negative about that has dunked on me worse than Daniel Jones in my I mean, history, history of being a sports fan. How about, how about history of being a sports fan? How about fan? Edwin Diaz's first year? Yeah, no, it was really bad, but um, yes, that was that was awful. But it's not like I think we all got dunked on that one. Yeah, sure, ab- absolutely. But like, I rooted for that team, so I wanted him to do well. I'm not a Giants fan, so it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. if I was a Giants fan, I'd be probably thinking, hey, maybe he could turn it around, maybe he could do this. But not being a Giants fan was was just a, it's a totally different situation. But yeah, I mean, this is. This is as bad as it gets. But, I mean, on the other hand, for all the, the Giants fans that are listening, you got another spectacular moment. You got, and by the way, you talk about coaching, and I know that the player made the mistake, but still, this game, would everything, the defense was terrible for the Vikings. Absolutely nuts, and I, I could go on and on about that. But there was a key moment that both teams were in the exact same situation. One got it done, one didn't. Fourth quarter, fourth and inches, Vikings in the Giants red zone, and what happens? Full start. There you go. Move it back. Six yards, have to kick a field goal. That was your left tackle, Darisaw, and you know that that should never happen at home where it's really loud for the other team, right. but not loud for your team. Exactly. And you have the experienced quarterback. That should never happen. So there you go. So then instead of taking the lead at that point, potentially scoring a touchdown, they end up having to kick the field goal. Okay, next drive. Guess what we got? We got a fourth and inches for the Giants in the Vikings red zone. They convert. They end up scoring a touchdown on the drive. You know, I actually felt really good for Darius Slayton after the Giants won. Because that poor young man, I'll tell you, all he's done is kept his mouth shut, gone about his business, isn't any sort of diva, does basically whatever they ask him to do. Um, They've been trying to replace him, trying to replace him, and for some reason... He and Daniel Jones certainly have some sort of connection on the field. Oh, without and a he, doubt. And he yeah. drops that pass. I mean, I felt sick for him. And, I, you know, that was the Brian Dayball on the sideline that was talking to Darius Slayton the way that he should have been talking to Darius Slayton. It's okay, man. Don't worry about it. We'll get it for you. We'll get it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. As opposed to screaming and yelling at everybody like he was normally. But, um, yeah, this is like an old school, feels like a Bill Parcells coach team. And they're playing like it. And their quarterback... You know, obviously played his. You have to. You have to say this is his best game ever because of uh, the fact that he didn't have any turnovers. Yep. Uh, he had the seventeen ru- uh, rushes for what seventy eight yards or whatever it was, over three hundred yards passing, and basically was a dual threat quarterback and made all the right decisions in the passing game. That's right, best game ever. You know, by the way, you know the interesting thing about all this. I knew that Kirk Cousins got hit a lot yesterday. Yeah, he didn't get sacked once. I know. I really thought that that was one thing I was wrong about. I really thought that that Giants pass rush would uh, be all over him. So that didn't well, happen. He got hit a lot, man. He did get hit he a lot. He got hit a lot, but I'm talking about getting, you know, sacks and then the Vikings are in second 22 and stuff like that. You know, and, and the, the the final play, which is something that a lot of people were talking about, I, I'm not as infuriated by that because they lost the game so many times over. Now, of course, it's obvious. you got to throw the ball eight yards or more on a fourth and eight with your season on the line, and you have no timeouts with a minute something to go. But, like, 
By the way, that was a very good tackle by Xavier McKinney. It was, and and Dexter Lawrence is in his face. And by the other, oh, those two guys, they were drafted by Dave Gettleman. That's right. You know, his whole thing is kind of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking that Dave Gettleman is probably sitting there watching this game. And watching all of these players that he brought in here have this impact where he missed. And uh, it's not really him. And, and people have to understand this outside of these buildings in the NFL. Uh, you can talk to anybody who's going through these interview processes uh, for, for coaching. Uh, they'll tell you that the guy that ultimately makes the decision as to who to hire is the owner. That's who makes that. Sure. Ownership makes the decision as to hire who, who they want as a head coach. The GM just sets up the meetings. The GM sits in on the meetings and then consults with the owner. But the owner is the guy that makes the decision. So we could sit here and say Dave Gettleman got the coaches wrong. I was wrong about that because, you know, I, I've been speaking to people that are going through this process right now. I've spoken to people that have gone through the process. And every single one of these people say the, the coach hire is on the owner. That's who that is on. The players are on the general manager. And now all of a sudden, you look at some of these players that are here, you, you know, people bitching and complaining about Daniel Jones. I mean, not Daniel Jones, uh, Dave Gettleman. I, I think he should stand up and take a bow watching some of these players turn out to be the players that they are now. Yeah, if they had hired Brian Dayball before Joe Judge, if that had happened, Dave Gettleman would still be here. How about if uh, the L.A. Chargers would have hired Brian Dayball? That guy, I knew. I mean, let's. <laughs> we've been talking about that guy all year, about how much of a donkey he is, and it showed you in the biggest spot. All right, uh, I'm here for you, Giants fans, to be a punching bag. That's what today is going to be about. As you have your day, your celebration, as you should. And then as the week goes on, you turn your eyes to Philadelphia, which should be just an amazing and fun football game for all for all Giants fans. Because, hell, you're in the divisional round and no one thought you'd make the playoffs and you're, and you're facing a huge division rival. But today's about beating the Vikings and uh, we'll hear about it all day. And we'll have Jerry Recco coming in to join us next with his first updates. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. We'll have plenty of time for all the Giants fans to attack me, but Jerry Recco is here now to play all the highlights that I don't want to hear again. As great as this job is, these are the days that you dread because you have to relive it over and over and over again. So, uh, Jerry, let's get into it, man. Good morning. Well, let's get into it. Brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. And brought to you by Flag and Anthem. Real clothes for real life. And, indeed, we start in Minnesota with the Giants win over the Vikings. Jones over center. Second down. Play fake. Jones rolls left. Rolls left. Wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. That was Bob Popper with the call Bob on the Popper. fan. The Vikings point. suck, fatso. <laughs> the Giants. You know what I don't understand, understand is like, this is Patrick Peterson out there. He's, he's cooked. I mean, Guy's cooked. Here's like one of the best players, uh, you know, when he was in the in his prime and just completely looks lost on the field. Well, he's, he's done athletically. He's been very smart this year and he'll find himself in the right situation and he'll make some key interceptions. And that's another problem yesterday for them is that they've had, you know, picks and turnovers the whole year and they just didn't get it yesterday. But he's athletically, he can't keep up. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins is just beating him like a drum. The, the first game in the regular season and then yesterday. So he's, he's a great leader, great career, probably a Hall of Famer. Um, had an okay season, but athletically he can't keep up. How about it. Isaiah Hodgins? That's unbelievable, right? Yeah. No, I know. I, I mean, mean what you a take fine. him off the yeah. practice squad of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Joe Shannon, obviously, Brian Dable know him. 
And he puts port, uh, puts forth a performance yesterday that was like, you you would think that he was like a top-line wide receiver in the NFL the way he played yesterday. He was great. Eight for 105 and a touchdown. Daniel Jones, 301, two touchdowns, ran for 78 yards, and nearly had the game-clinching toss to Darius Slayton, who did drop it, and you guys already uh, discussed that. So it gave Minnesota one more chance. Here they were with their final chance, as heard in Minneapolis by your guy, Paul Allen. Fourth and eight from the Vikings, 48. If they don't get a first down, the New York Giants win the game. Cousins takes the snap. Thibodeau blitzes. Hurt. Throws right. Claude Hawkinson shy of the first down. And he stopped at the Giants, 49. And uh, the New York Giants are heading to Philadelphia for the divisional round of the postseason, having beaten the Minnesota Vikings 31-24. Up yours, you loser. (laughs) I mean, I got to say, watching Wink Martindale and uh, Brian Dabo hug there Midfield, I, you had to love that. No, sure. They got well, like right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, those two guys got it done, man. Just an incredible, incredible coaching job by them. And and I know that the regular season is what you pay attention to to with Coach of the Year. And Brian Dable earned it in the regular season, but this is just another feather in his cap for sure. I mean, and there's, there's and nobody's a better coach for Coach of the Year. Right. Well, is. the other thing, too, is that, you know, Wink Martindale dialed back the blitzes in this game. I think, uh, you know, I was reading where he only blitzed 23% of the time. And, you know, that's a real credit to him because he obviously changed the way that they normally play. Yeah, I know. It may be different next week against Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Who knows? But uh, he dialed it back. They shut down uh, Justin Jefferson. They didn't let him beat them. Yeah, I mean, what a concept, making adjustments on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just this Ed Donkatel, who was a freaking <laughs> coach while you were playing, his dusty ass has been bouncing around from organization to organization, still playing defense like it's 1995. Around and around we go on the carousel of crap. I mean, just <laughs> seriously, if that guy isn't fired already, and I haven't even, I've, I've barely looked at Twitter, I've tweeted it out, I just was like, listen, today's show is going to be enough. They got to fire his ass. He, it should be done already. I mean, that is just an embarrassment. I don't even know. There's a shot from of Kevin O'Connell's. I saw a still shot of him, like, looking at Ed Donatel, like, are you kidding me? Like, just looking at him, like, how is this possible? See, this is what happens when you hire a one-sided coach. Like, you got to have a coach. Like Brian Dable, who who went out and got the right defense coordinator, but who's got his hands on everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, he and, and uh, Wink Martindale are talking during the game. He seems like he's involved in everything. Like He's like the CEO head coach. Yeah, he's I agree. He's like Kafka calling the plays. He's probably giving a suggestion here or there, and he's holding everybody accountable. And that's, that's right. And I thought about that uh, yesterday, too, because we were talking to Brian Dable in training camp, and he was like, we're going to start with Mike Kafka calling the plays in the first preseason game. And then it worked, and he stuck with it. And his ego didn't ever, when the offense wasn't great the entire year, but his ego never got in the way to take that back. You know, it's amazing. Most of the people that you talk about uh, with uh, about Brian Dable, they'll tell you that you know he's an egoless guy. Now, he's competitive, don't get sure. me wrong. It's like my buddy Frank. They're competitive, but they can be egoless, meaning that they'll let their their coordinators do their jobs. Because, you know, let's face it, he was a coordinator. Yeah. And, you know, he, he wants to be able to do his job while Sean McDermott up there in Buffalo or Nick Saban down in Alabama or anybody else he's worked with at a lower level, you know, they, they, they want to empower or he wants to empower his coaches to do their jobs. Here is, uh, I'll give you Kevin O'Connell on the defense since you're Uh-oh. really 
Here we go. Upset. I get it. So what exactly happened today as the uh, the Giants ran and passed all over you? Yeah, I think uh, there was there were some issues uh, with explosive big plays again um, tonight. Um, they they schematically did some things to to maybe take advantage of some things we were doing, but across the board, um, you know, we're going to take a, a look at everything. Well, I mean, they just were scoring at will. I mean, there was there was no resistance. How about there. that ten and a half minute drive they had? Yeah, that was you know what that was actually for me better than those drives that were four minutes and well, they just went right up and down the field because ended, at least there was a little bit of resistance and it ended with a field goal. And not a touchdown. Right. And then uh, remember the, the first, <laughs> exactly, and the first uh, play of the second half, finally, um, Tomlinson gets in the back the backfield and hits Saquon Barkley for a loss of three. Yes, the first play, that's right. And I said, there we go. Now the they're, play? Just they're fired up. Right, just play. <laughs> was it 40 yards to Saquon <laughs> with nobody around him? I mean, for God's sakes, he looked like American Pharaoh out there. <laughs> <laughs> the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Nobody around. Yeah. So the Giants will play the Eagles this weekend in the division around, and the season for the Vikings has come to an end. Uh, Bengals beat the Ravens 24 17. How about this exciting play? So this game was really tight late. This is the fourth quarter when I say late. Uh, and this is when Cincinnati's defense makes a play courtesy of Bengals Radio. Hmm. They were pretty fired up. Yes, they were. Down and goal from the one. Hundley no. sticks the ball out. The Bengals have the Go ball. Me. They are running it back. <laughs> Sam Hubbard with blockers behind him. Hubbard to the Ravens 40. Nice. The 30. Nice. The 20. Yeah. The 10. The Woo. 5. Touchdown. Bengals. Tyler Hudley tried to extend the ball over the goal line. It got poked away. Sam Hubbard scooped it up and ran the length of the field for a go-ahead Bengals touchdown. And that was the difference right there. And how about the fact he made it all 98 yards? Yeah, I know. Yeah, look at Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. How fast yes, he is, man. And the three guys are just like watching this guy run. <laughs> wow. Uh, there could have been a block in the back there by yeah. 51. It was close. Uh, it was very, very close. And uh, But nonetheless, you talk about a game-changing play. Holy crap. It couldn't have come at a better time for the Bengals, who were struggling all night long. They now have lost three-fifths of their offensive line, including their left tackle last night. Yep. And it looked, they're going right into, like, Buffalo this week with a beat-up offense. And I would say that the Bengal offense really hasn't looked good against the Ravens the last two weeks. Here was Huntley on that uh, game, really game-costing fumble. Wills on what the one, minus one. I see everybody packed in. I just try to go over top. I thought I got, I thought I cleared the line. They just made a play and just happened to take it all the way, all the way back. Oh, yes, they did. Did you see his teammate J.K. Dobbins, what he was saying? Yes, I don't have it, but yes. Man, he just ripped into Huntley and just said, look, we got Lamar, we win this game. Now, that's a whole other question. Are they going to have Lamar? Well, how about what Michael Vick said? Michael Vick said, let's go, get out there. I played an entire season with a sprained MCL. Like throw a brace on it and let's get going. Well, he didn't. And nope. so they go home. Cincinnati plays at Buffalo this weekend. The Bills got out to a rip-roaring start, 17 nothing on the Dolphins. And all of a sudden you look up and the Dolphins were leading until the Bills reclaimed the lead. 12-yard gain on the carry by Allen. Three receivers to the left. Knox on the right side. Singletary in the backfield. To the right of Allen, the shotgun. Here's the snap. Fires it to Beasley at the three. Lunges for the end zone. Touchdown. Welcome back, Cole Beasley. 
Hey. And that was Bills Radio with the call. They would get another beautiful catch by Gabe Davis uh, in the uh, sideline of the end zone. And they would win 34-31. Now, the Dolphins had the ball. And you had that delay of game penalty that backed oh. them up when they had that fourth and less than a yard or so. But uh, they did play know, well. What, what, would, what the hell was Mike McDaniel doing? I mean, like, it couldn't get the plays in. And, and certainly you're dealing with a quarterback that's starting his third game. And by the way, this guy was picked 15 spots ahead of Brock Purdy for San Francisco. Uh, and, you know... You're putting Skylar Thompson in a really difficult situation. You got like you got to get the plays. I saw in the post game. He thought that they had gotten the first down on the previous play. So he so was, he sent in his first and ten personnel, uh, and then all of a sudden they realized that oh crap, it's fourth down, and that was the problem. They wasted a lot of time out yep. yesterday. Yeah. So. Anyway, Miami uh, is done. Buffalo moves on. Tonight, the Cowboys take on the Bucks. I imagine we'll have that for you on the fan at 8 o'clock. Saturday, the Jaguars beat the Chargers in a game where the Chargers are up 27-0. Uh, so you've got Chiefs-Jaguars Saturday at 4.30. Giants-Eagles at 8 p.m. Saturday. Then Sunday, Bengals and Bills at 3. And then Sunday at 6.30, the Niners will take on the winner of the Cowboys and Bucks game from tonight. Just quickly, uh, Julius Randle had 42. Knicks beat the Pistons 117 to 104. He had 42 points, 15 rebounds, 15 of 24 shooting, and your guy Jalen Brunson uh, went for 27. That's seven wins in eight games now for the Knicks. We're surging to uh, in the right direction at 25 and 19. The Nets lost to the Thunder 112 102. Josh Giddy had 28. Ben Simmons didn't play. Back soreness. Uh, St. John's upset number six UConn 85 74. Really big win for the Johnnies who started out terribly in the yeah. conference. <laughs> no, I mean. Of course, they go up there and they they crush them. It's it amazing. Wasn't right, I was going to say, wasn't even close in the second God, half. I don't, so, I can't figure them out for the life of me. So good for them. Uh, Rutgers beat Ohio State in overtime, sixty eight sixty four, and uh, your Rangers Boomer lost to the Canadians. Suzuki put it in front. They score. Caulfield was left alone, and the Canadians take the lead for the second time. And that was Sam Rosen on MSG. That was the deciding goal. Snapped a 1-1 tie. <laughs> and the Canadians beat the Rangers by the score of 2-1. to one. I'm Born G on Fan and CBS Sports Network. A great day for Giants fans. A miserable one for me. So let's get into these calls as the Giants fans celebrate this playoff victory. A very unlikely season. Any Giant fan who saw this from the beginning is... I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know how you could, but if you did, then you are certainly feeling great uh, today. And even if you didn't, you're feeling great today. Sometimes these are the best seasons you could possibly have when there are no expectations. And then your team just gets better and better and better, exceeds those expectations. And even though you're playing the Eagles this week, you want to beat the Eagles. I mean, the fact that you're even here in a divisional round against the one seed is absolutely Amazing. So, does it does it feel at all like two thousand and seven? I mean, you have to say no. I mean, I would say Some similarities they, if, here. There are a lot of similarities because the divisional round was the Cowboys, right? Who were the yes. one seed in the that year? Yeah, I, I would. I would have to say yes. What was their record the year before? What was their two thousand and six record? Not great. That they didn't make the playoffs. I think they were like, what were they? Six, I want to say six, six and, and ten. ten or seven and nine. Yes, they were eight and eight. Two thousand and six oh, Giants were eight and eight. So this to me is more would be more shocking than that, just because this team came from 
you know, and it wasn't the first, it wasn't a first year head coach either. That's a, that's another right. angle of this. When we took over in September, man, they wanted, I'm telling you, you look, you can go back and we can find the tape somewhere. I mean, Giant fans had enough of Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning. And also they were, so they were 11 and 5 in 2005 too. So like that that's why this one now they went on that that giant team went on to win the Super Bowl this is a giant team that just won one playoff game but I mean this surprise of them in the playoffs winning a playoff game having an opportunity to win one more and get to an NFC championship game I think is you know was even we, more of a shock. We saw two games within the division yesterday with backup quarterbacks playing for the road teams and they almost freaking won. That's right. It's the division games, man. Like, and it's hard to beat a team three times in one year. That's the thing. And who knows how healthy Jalen Hurts is really truly is, but he presents a whole nother set of circumstances, you know, as opposed to playing against Kirk Cousins. Let's go to Russell in Newark. What's going on, Russell? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, first time, long time. Um, I, I want to say that I do understand Gio's position about just focusing on just watching the game. And had he just not had all of those extra theatrics toward the end of the whole week where he pulled the wool over our eyes, he let his fandom take over, all good with all that extra stuff, I feel during the rest of the show, he needs to show um, that same energy uh, to let the Giants fans know that from now on, they'll respect Big Blue. Um, I'd like to go over a couple things, though, real quick. Um it wasn't a perfect uh, game that was played in uh, Minnesota for, for the Giants. There was the Slate mess, uh, the drop pass. There was also a Bellinger uh, issue. Screw up, yeah, uh, when, when when Daniel Jones ran a touchdown in there and then you know, having to settle for a field goal. Absolutely. And I think uh, Brian Dable should um, get a lot more credit for using the players that he, he got. He got a real bad situation. And even though earlier you said that um, – you know, the previous GM who shall remain nameless did get some credit. We won't see his name, but I think Dable and Shane, the GM, have done a wonderful job. And Gio, I do understand your position. I just need a little bit more energy. Hey, man, listen, I, I, t- I told you this morning, this is what I knew would happen. I told you there's nothing I'll be able to say uh, to the Giants fan that I'm, they're going to be satisfied with. I mean, but I I, I said I have the ultimate respect for Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. I hadn't said a bad thing about Brian Dable the gentleman now entire year. Uh, Yeah, well, the Giant fans still don't even like Dave Gettleman. But yeah, Dexter Lawrence has worked out. Daniel Jones has worked out now. Saquon has worked out. Xavier McKinney had that stupid injury, but obviously he was a big factor. Andrew Thomas. In in the game, yes. Andrew Thomas has been a uh, a great left tackle for them. Yes, there's a lot of draft picks that ended up working out for uh, for Dave Gettleman. There's, there's no doubt about it. But yeah, I mean, I <laughs> listen, man, I, I, I didn't think this team was going to be any good. I thought that this season that that Joe Shane and they would they would go through it. They'd miss the playoffs. They'd win four, five, six games in that range, and then they would overturn the roster massively and have another quarterback. And it's been the exact opposite. And Daniel Jones has been great. He has earned money, and he went in and beat my team and played the best game of his life. And and I mean, if that's not good enough for you, I don't know what to say. I mean, this is just it's as, it's as bad as it could possibly get. I couldn't draw up. A, a worst-case scenario for me and a right. best-case scenario for Giants. I mean, you want to be positive about the Giants for sure, but you still have that tinge of just 
total disgust for your own team. Oh, yeah. that That's what it is. I am proud of you, though, that you ended up, you know, supporting your team. I, I didn't like the way that you were going about your week last week. I know you had uh, you had lost your bulldog and you had a lot of emotional stress that was placed on you. And you knew that this game was going to be, you know, a tough game for your team. You actually spoke it into existence. Yeah, I mean, but it already, like I said, I've seen it before. And and I was told, I told you, I was like, I can't wait to tell you I told you so. And obviously I lost it at the end there and just couldn't take all the Giants love and then supported the Vikings and thought they were going to win. But, I mean, I just, I've seen it so many times. I just have. I mean, I... I hate the fact. I mean, when the when the Mets went down to Atlanta and got swept, I said, "That's it. They're done. They're not going to beat the Padres. It's just not going to happen." That's right. And it didn't happen because I just saw the team was dead. And then when when I saw this team and the Giants match up, I was like, yeah, "Probably going to end up beating them because that's what's going to happen." And then my fandom took over like an idiot, and I just I'm never going to trust them again, ever, never, ever, ever, ever going to think that they're going to win a football game going into that game. How in the hell? Did those guys that played that game yesterday win 13 football games this year? That is a Minneapolis miracle. Well, my God, 13 games. That's the worst defense in football. And I'll tell you something. They probably saved themselves some embarrassment yesterday by losing to the Giants. Because if that team went up to San Francisco, they'd lose by 60. Let's go to Mike and Wontaw. What's going on, Mike? Hey, guys. Uh, Listen, I, I'm a huge fan. I just want to say, feel I feel your pain, man. My uh, my cousin is a huge Vikings fan, and we talked yesterday, and he was like, "I don't know, like I don't, I'm not confident." And you know, I wasn't very confident either. Um, but I am a Giants fan, and it was, you know, I didn't expect him to win. Well. I mean, I know, and there was a couple Giants fans that I'm friends with that were like, I'm telling you, man, you know, Justin Jefferson, this and that, it's going to be tough. Offense not going to be able to keep up. And I was like, you don't understand how bad this defense is. You just, you don't understand. And in that first game, you know, there was a, it was a pick. There was a Patrick Peterson pick in that game, and it was that block punt, and the Giants in the turn the ball over. And the Vikings, if they don't get turnovers, that defense is the worst defense in football. And you saw it yesterday. I mean, I, I just don't understand how guys get that wide open. And congratulations on your Giants, Mike, and, and, and enjoy today. I mean, it's the best feeling. It's the worst feeling and the best feeling. Being a sports fan, like this morning, I'm like, how stupid am I to care this much about something I have no control over? But on the other end, the Giant fan today is like, man, this is awesome. This is great. It's been a long time coming for the Giant Exactly. Fan. The team's been down for so long, and here we are in the divisional round out of nowhere. We didn't expect it. It's tremendous. I mean, the greatest thing came out of yesterday's game, honestly, as you could see this entire year, Daniel Jones has played well and has not turned the ball over. And that's that's the one thing that you could basically say this has kept every giant team, it feels like, in every game with the exception of the one Philadelphia, the Philadelphia game here and the Dallas game here. They were, it, was, it was rough on those guys. But ultimately, you know, he played tough the entire season. Made all 17 games. Didn't have to play in the 17th game, of course. They rested him. And he looked like he was rested yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. It was the right call. And, and I mean, I, his legs were unbelievable. Yeah, a- a- absolutely right call. Resting all those guys. And yeah, he was, he was great. I mean, he was, he was a flat out NFL weapon. There's, there's no doubt about it. He was an upper tier NFL weapon yesterday. 
And he's going to have to be that good again uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's capable of that now. We, we now know he is capable of doing that in a big moment on the road.